church. Lift your voice with me. We sing. I want to scream it out from every But he brought me in no 
His love for me. Yes, His love for me. Yes, I am. I am who you say. 
wonderful to know that we can come into a place like this and say that I am a child of God. And no matter what you're going through this week, it may be totally awesome and you're excited to be a child of God. Yes, thank you, Jesus, for everything you're doing for me. Or you may be having a terrible week, in which case you need to know that you're a child of God and he loves you. And no matter what place you're in, you got to know that his blood restores you, redeems you, and makes you white as snow before him. Aren't you so glad that you have the blood of Christ to make you white as snow? Good days and bad days. Let's just give him praise. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for the 
surrender in this place and those watching from home. How can we not? Lord, you brought us out of the darkness into glorious light, Lord. That first, Lord, there at the cross. There at the cross, Lord. So, Lord, tonight we say moment over the last sort of some loved ones we're thinking of our sister Amber Franks Lord and the family at UHC and the loss of our brother Melvin we pray over them we pray over the Coley family Lord as they lost their uncle Chris may you surround them with your peace and overwhelm them with your presence Lord and so many Lord for the joys of life we thank you Lord we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Be with us in this moment. We don't want to leave this place, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, church, why don't you just give them a praise offering, will you, tonight for this time together? Amen. Church, while you're standing, why don't you greet one another tonight in our time of worship? time of worship. It's so good to have our sister Zoe back on stage. Amen. It was wonderful to have her back. And we've added a few other uh, vocalists as well. Uh, So thank you all so much for stepping up to the call to serve our community, our church. Our sister Lena, who's also a youth leader, has also stepped up to be a vocalist in our band and and the worship team. And we want to thank her for that. And my daughter, Kristen, She's actually a part of our worship team now as well. So uh, while we're here, shameless plug, that's what happens when you give the worship pastor the mic. If you would like to join our team, we would love to have you be a part of it. 
if you play an instrument and you're skilled, would love to. We we actually are looking for electric guitar players or uh, keyboard players. So if you're looking, and also drummers, we need drummers as well. So guitars, electric guitars, keyboards, and drummers. We're needing some guitar players, some electric keyboards and drummers. And we also need a couple extra bodies in the back for our tech team. So for those that love the tech world, young people, I'm talking to you. Uh, and even for our senior brothers and sisters, if you want to learn some of that stuff and you're good with it, man, I would love to teach you and teach you, learn you, uh, learn you. What the heck? I'd like to learn you a little something. I'd like to teach you. I'd love to walk you uh, how to use some of the technology that we use and how we, our lighting systems, our, our visual systems. I would love to do that. So if, and also, while we're talking about volunteers, if you'd like to volunteer in any one of our other departments, I invite you to do that. Always go to our app and you can fill out our volunteer application and we would love to connect with you. And, and if, even if you don't know where you want to serve, we want to uh, put you to serve. But welcome to service, church. Wasn't that an amazing time of worship? I love that last song, man. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. We want to welcome you into the house of the Lord tonight. Those watching from home, welcome as well. Just a, a couple of announcements before our pastor takes the pulpit. We want to remind you that this coming Friday, I know we have beat this thing to death, but we're going to beat it a little bit more tonight because we're just a little shy of our goal, and so we're going to beat it just a little more. We're a little shy of our goal of where we want to be for our youth fundraiser, so I want you to perfectly consider, I want you to talk to Brother David tonight. They're going to be out in the, in the, in the mall after service. And so our youth fundraiser is this Friday night. It's going to happen. Our young people in the house tonight, right? Um, our fundraiser is going to, is going to start doors open at six or six thirty. Six doors open at six. And, uh, then at six thirty, we're going to have like a silent auction and everything's going to kick off right about six thirty. And it's going to go to about eight o'clock. All right, so we want to invite you to be a part of that. There's going to be worship, of course. It's going to be a great meal, great time of fellowship, great testimonies of what the Lord is doing in the young people's lives and what the young, and what the Lord has done through the youth department of New Beginnings since the inception of its ministry all the way back to when we were Southside Church of God over almost 40 years ago. So we would love for you to be a part of that. That's going to be this Friday night. If you want to purchase your tickets in advance, you can do that uh, tonight. In the mall, outside right in front of the baptistry, you'll see Brother David and a team of people sitting out there. Or you can actually walk up that night if you, if that's your last resort, and I guess there's nothing else to do, we'll still take you. That's fine. I'm not mad at you for that. Tickets are $20 a person. Uh, or you can buy a table uh, for eight people for a discounted price, and they'll give you all of the information there. But please prayerfully consider that. Friday, we do have that outreach opportunity for our food distribution. That's going to happen. That's our monthly food distribution. That's the one that comes with the big semi. So this is where we have all hands on deck. Okay? So we have about fifteen to 18,000 pounds of food that we distribute once a month. And that comes with the protein. That comes with uh, dairy, fruits, vegetables, and non-perishables. So this is the big one. So we definitely need some helpers there. If the Lord has put on your heart to... Get up and do something. If that's your day off and you're like, I've been meaning to do something, sure, man, come on by. Just drop on in about 1030 and check in with Jeanette and Michael Malaychek at the front office, and they'll put you to work. They'll give you a pair of gloves. If not, bring your own, and uh, they'll put you to work. 
So we'd, we'd really appreciate that. And then, of course, Parents' Night Out. Uh, I know parents and those caring for young children always need a little bit of extra time to plan some things out. That's why I'm telling you, starting now, Parents' Night Out the 25th, okay? So you can start making plans starting now, and on the 25th, you can bring your children to the church for free child care. Free child care, underscore, italicized, bold, big font, free child care. Okay, and that's not just for the parents or the guardian, okay? That's also for, like, your friends that have the small children that they're caring for. If you want to go out with another couple or another or, or other people that have young children, like, well, I don't have baby or, or uh, babysitters. Well, we do. Please take them to our church. We would love to connect with them as well and have you enjoy a night out. And always, again, thank Sister Jessica Ramirez and her team that are always willing and thinking about our community in that way because they understand um, Sister Jessica having young children understands the importance of having that night away. Okay? So with that being said, church, thank you so very much uh, for all of that happening. And there's a lot more going on here in the life of New Beginnings. Always check out our, our events page on our website and our app to find out what's going on week to week. Also, our social media. And don't don't forget about our podcast. Okay, people have been asking me about that lately. Our podcast is available probably within about an hour after each service uh, and the last service on Sunday. So if you missed it or if you maybe you want to send it to somebody, you can send it to somebody from there. It's available on Spotify, on Stitch, on Amazon, and on Apple. So we want you to share what the Lord is doing here. And it's a full worship service. So it, it starts from the music all the way to the end all through the altar call. So you can make sure and share that with somebody, okay? All of that possible with your faithful giving and your faithful tithing. Thank you so much, church. And if you have not done that yet, we invite you to participate in the everyday life here at New Beginnings. That is available at the tithing and giving boxes at the entryway of this sanctuary. And, of course, our texting, our digital way of doing that by our webpage, our giving page, and uh, texting and app as well, okay? Thank you so much for everything, church. That's enough of me. Can we welcome our pastor? He's going to be continuing tonight his sermon series on living without regrets. Pastor Richard, to the stand. Thank you, my brother. You got it. And we want to dismiss the youth. They're going to go to their class, and we love having you with us to worship the Lord. <clears throat> you guys go have a good time. If you're here in the sixth grade for, uh, up to high school and you want to join them, we would encourage you to do that. They have an outstanding, outstanding journey together. I want to just say it's a joy to be back in the pulpit. I was gone uh, to El Paso this past weekend, and uh, man, we had a great time. Uh, and I want to thank uh, Brother David Sanchez, our youth minister. He did a phenomenal job preaching. If you missed it, you need to look it up. I've been doing this series, I, I started calling Living Without Regrets. Too many times people are dying or coming to the end of their life, uh, they're going to retire, and they regret and they go, I wish I would have, I wish I would have, I just play that wish, woulda, shoulda, coulda, and, and you didn't, and then all of a sudden you're like, man, what happened? And you don't live with purpose, you don't lay out your life, you don't pinpoint what you want to get done in your life. 
So you just kind of live each day. You wake up and you just accept what happens and you see what happens and you do what happens. And, and, and sometimes it turns out good. Sometimes it turns out disastrous. And so I want to help us today to really learn how to focus and learn to live with purpose, to really have purpose in the reason that we're going to be doing things, doing it on purpose, doing it with purpose, doing it with a real outcome in mind. You see, King David was this amazing man, and he lived having a heart after God's own heart. And in the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 36, it says, this is not a reference to David, for after David had done the will of God in his own Jerusalem uh, generation, he died. It says he died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. So seeing that David had this great purpose, but when he came to an end, guess what? Your life comes to an end and you decay. But what you leave behind is what I'm talking about. What you leave behind. So Father, in Jesus' name, help us to really focus, to learn how to live with purpose, to really make a difference, to make a huge impact, a huge dent in the people that we talk to, that, Lord, we impact their life, not just impress it that they really change and are changed because we've walked through their life and we've just ministered in a way that, Lord, you receive glory. So, God, I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. For all those watching at home, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us week after week. But there's four things I really want to talk about here and questions I want you to ask yourself, a question to really get real about, to really look into your life and really look into your life and look to the Lord and say, God, where am I in regards to these questions? Where do I really stand? And the first one is this, what is the center of your life? What is truly the center of your life? That driving force in your life, that thing that makes you to wake up and you have so much energy and you have so much focus and you can't wait to get out there and do what you do. To really help, to minister, to change lives. People have so many different things that drive their life, so many different things that focus on the things that are center of their life. And you see it, and a lot of times you see some people prospering amazingly, and you go, wow, look at that person. That person has purpose, it has direction. That purpose know, that person knows exactly what they want to do, exactly what they want to accomplish, and they are doing it. And then you have some that you go, man, what a mess. And I'm not talking someone that's down and out. I'm talking someone that might have a very important job and might have a lot of wonderful things around them, but they are really lost and don't have a clue what they're doing. They're just walking. They're just journeying. They don't know what to do. And some put their whole mindset into riches. The Bible says where your heart is, that's where your your, your riches are. And where your riches are, that's where your heart is. So where do you find your riches? Do you have them in the Lord or do you have them in, in your wealth? Do you have them in your portfolio? Do you have it in, in the money that you've accumulated? In the book of uh, Psalms, chapter 62, verse 10, it says, 
Don't make your living by extortion or by putting your hope in stealing. He goes on to say, and if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. He's saying, you know what? Make sure that the riches that you're seeking are the ones that were moth nor thief nor nor nothing could get. Rust can't get to it. Thieves or moths. It's there with the Lord because you've put your whole focus, you've put your whole life, the center of your life, and that thing that drives you is literally the Lord. And you're asking him, God, guide me, lead me, instruct me, and show me where I need to be. Because we start worrying about all kinds of things. Now that Ukraine has been attacked by Russia, people are are, are really fearful and they're saying, oh my goodness gracious, is this the beginning of World War III? Is this the, the beginning of the end? We should live our life every single day as if today is going to be the last day you're going to live here on earth. Are you ready to meet your Savior? And we should also live our life as we're never going to die, as you're going to just keep telling everyone about the Lord. I was talking to my doctor today and I said, he... he has always turned to me and he says, you're my pastor. And he goes, and I really appreciate the things you do. And he goes, I'm planning to be here another 10 or 15 years. And he said, but if God takes me today, you taught me to have my bags packed and they're packed, ready to go. And I said, wow, that's really cool. And I said, that's awesome. Just make sure I live a lot longer than just 15 years, okay, Doc? (laughs) But hear me. I thought, that's exactly how we're supposed to live our life. Our bags packed at all times. When Jesus comes, you're not like, oh, man, I wasn't ready. I'm ready. That doesn't mean we want to leave today, but you know what? If he takes us, that's fine because God's in control. Who is in control of your life? What is the center focal point of your life? What is the thing that drives you? What is the thing that guides you? What is the thing that speaks into your life? Is it God's Holy Spirit? Is it God's Word? Is it God's presence? Is it, is it God? You learning more and more? Or is it just that you're just living your life? Well, say what happens. I'm sick of this life anyway. Maybe the next go round. There is no next go round. We don't have a reincarnation. It is appointed for man to live and then die. And then the judgment. You are going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God. Are you ready? We're all worried about this and that. That and this. I believe God is giving us warning signs to say, get ready because here I come. But I don't think he's coming tomorrow. I think he wants us to get our act together and lead this lost and dying city and this lost and dying world to Jesus Christ. We ought to be saying, Lord, please don't come yet because there's too many people that I still haven't shared the gospel with. Have you shared the gospel with your family? You shared the gospel with your friends? You shared the gospel with the the people you work with or go to school with or, or you live nearby? I pray to God that that you share the word of God. Man, people are constantly worried, yet 
he tells us in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for what he's done. See, he's saying, I want you to thank him for what he's done because I want to remind you that he could do it again. Thank you. He says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds, and you will live in Christ Jesus. He wants to guard our heart and and mind, our heart where we have these emotions and and these feelings and, and our heart that sometimes guides us wrong because the Bible says that the heart is easily deceived. And sometimes we go places we have no business going because of our emotional life. We get all shook up. And he says he's going to guard your mind where you process and you come with logic and you come with understanding and you come with just taking in the word of God and taking in information and you say, man, I really need to grow. I really need to get stronger. I really need to be able to accomplish the things that God wants. That's why he's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So not only... I'm asking you tonight, is what is the center of your life? But the second question I want to ask you is what is the character of your life? What is the character of your life? APS used to do a character counts, really movement, and it was a great, great tool. It was really wonderful. They were teaching the importance of character, how important character counts, yet you know what? People in the APS offices from the highest down to the lowest were really messing up so bad, they just finally quit teaching it because they weren't even living it. You got to live it to show it. You got to live it to teach it. You got to live it to be able to impact somebody. What's the character of your life? What is the thing in your life that is driving you? What is the thing in your life that you have said, I will not compromise. I will not give in. I am going to stay true to my Lord. I'm going to be a man or woman of integrity. I'm going to be a man or woman of my word. When I give my word, I'm going to mean it. I'm not just going to bail out on you. I'm going to be there for you. We are in this together. We have each other's back. I've got your back, you got mine. Can you imagine if you're in a foxhole and the person right behind you just bailed on you and didn't tell you, hey, I'm leaving, man. And they just walk away and you go, well, what happened there? How did that happen? Where's your character? What are you doing? Is your words matching your lifestyle? Are your words matching your commitment? Are your words matching what you say you're going to do? And are you doing it? What kind of character do you have? Some people have no character at all. They just get deeper and deeper and deeper. And something gets funny and they make jokes about it and they laugh about the literally the godlessness in their life. And they live in such a manner that you say, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And some of them can't even give you an answer. They're just out of control. 
They have no center point in their life. They have nothing that they're living for that will bring glory to God. They have nothing that they're living for. And then their character is completely out of control. You can't trust a word they say. You can't trust a deed that they do. And you're saying, what is wrong here? What has happened when we can't even trust our leader? Our political leaders have lost so much integrity. Our pastoral leaders have lost so much integrity. There was a day when everyone trusted and believed in their clergy, in their pastor, their priest, the person that led them spiritually. Today, it's not there anymore. Less and less people are trusting their pastor. Less and less people are trusting their priest. Less and less people are trusting churches. And I thank God that we have a congregation where people are honoring their word. I know I sure am trying to in everything I do. And I know you are. And that's why I really believe that New Beginnings has become known in our city for a, a church, a congregation that cares about the down and out, the brokenhearted. I'm not talking just people in the streets. I'm talking people that are brokenhearted and whose spirits are crushed because God's word says he can restore them. And we believe that. And we want people to live like us sometimes. But you know what? We're not worth following. So look at your life. Examine your life. In the book of Philippians, or Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, he says, this is Paul saying, he goes, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ, He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Oh, that we would be that people, the people that we imitate Christ, that we are living like him, that people call us a people of love, of compassion, a people that pour ourselves out like he did for us that they would look at us and they go, man, you have a certain aroma about you. Man, you smell like love. You smell like joy. You smell like the Lord. You smell like Jesus. I joke around a lot, and I always look at the, the book of John, chapter 11, and it's the life of Lazarus, and Lazarus has died, and Lazarus's body has already started decaying, so they put him behind the tomb, and they seal the tomb And Jesus got there because he had already died and Jesus was someplace else. And when Jesus shows up, he says, where have you laid him to rest? And they go, here's his tomb. And Jesus says, roll the stone aside. And Martha, Lazarus' sister, says, no, my brother will smell. The smell will be horrible. And I always think about that. And I say, you know what? We all stink. The Bible says we all stink, but it says it a lot nicer than I do because the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I just say we all stink. And have you noticed some people's sin is stinkier than others, smellier than others? 
See, some people are just little bitty sinners. They just sin a little bit. But guess what? Sin is sin is sin is sin. And some people sin so much, they got a smell of sin. You're like, whoa, you, where have you been? I know where you've been. You've been lost. You've been out there where you had no business because they smell. But those that have been in the presence of God, those that are imitating Christ, those that are laying down their life for the, the cause, those that are following Christ as the example, it says we have a pleasing aroma to God. A pleasing aroma to God. And I gave someone a hug and they go, ooh, pastor, you smell good. And I go, I'm glad you told me that. Can you imagine you hug them? Ooh, you stink. <laughs> but I wonder what Jesus says about us. Oh, my son, my daughter, you got a stench on you that you should not have been where you are. You had no business going there. Man, then you get right with God, and he goes, Oh, my sweetheart, my son, my daughter, you're children of the king. We are who he says we are. See? We become a pleasing aroma to him because our character has now taken the shape of Jesus Christ. Our character has now taken the shape of the word of God. We're bringing glory to God. We're bringing glory and God has seen himself in us. See, he says that we are like the silver, the silver that's being purified. And I asked the silversmith once, who used to come to our church, he passed away already, but I said, Albert, I want to know, how do you know when the silver's ready? And he goes, when I can see my reflection. I said, ooh, that'll preach. That'll preach. You see, Jesus wants to see his reflection in your life. He wants to see you shining for God, shining for his glory. Oh, that we would totally put our hope and trust in him. But what character do you live by? What's your character like? Have you really taken a good examination of yourself and asked yourself, what's the center of my life? And what is my character like? Look like. And then you need to ask yourself this third question. What is the contribution of your life. What's the contribution? What are you contributing to life? What are you contributing to your home? What are you contributing to your school? What are you contributing to your work? What are you contributing to your neighborhood? What are you contributing to your city? What are you contributing to your congregation? What are you contributing with what you do in your life? Are you bringing a blessing or a curse? Are you bringing joy or are you bringing despair? Are you just being a light to the world? Or are you walking in with a cloud of darkness? What are you contributing? Have you thought about that? Have you thought of the conversations you have? Because I want you to know, people are listening to the kind of conversations you have. They listen to you. 
especially the younger, the more they listen. They want to know what you got to say. Some of you speak languages that are just deplorable to the Lord. You say things that aren't bringing him joy. You're saying things that aren't bringing him glory. You're using language that just, you're, you're cursing. You're, you're saying things that are wrong. You're scheming to just hurt somebody or take something that's not even yours. And others of you are contributing life. You're pouring out. You're giving and sharing. You're building up. You're not tearing down. You're just extending yourself and saying, how can I bless? How can I change? What can I do to make this better? How can I impact the lost and dying world? How can I make something out of nothing? How can I pour myself out? You're wanting to contribute of your giftedness, your resources. Some, you have money and you're able to contribute that. Others, you have knowledge and you're able to contribute that. Others have manpower. You're able to give of that. You're able to give of the things that God has given you. And he's given us different talents. He's made some of us five-talent people, meaning you could do a lot of things. You're a jack of all trade and you're a master of many. And he's made some of us just two-talent people. Oh, you could do a couple of things really good. And you know what? Stay in your lane. Focus on that. But he's given everyone at least one talent. Don't be jealous of the ones that have five. Don't be jealous of the ones that have two. Use your talent for God's glory. Whatever he's given you, whatever he's done. If you have the gift of gab, find out how you could gab about the right thing. Don't be gossiping and tearing somebody down. Build them up instead. Be a teacher. Say, man, I want to disciple people. I want to teach people. I want to help people. I want to encourage people. I want to lift them up, not tear them down. Man, if he's giving you a gift of, of carpentry or something, use it for God's glory. There's always somebody that needs some help. And sometimes people don't have any funds, they don't have anything, and they're going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And you might have extra parts laying around, you might have extra wood, and you're able to help them build what they might need. You see, God has a plan for us, and he wants you to contribute what he has poured out into your life so you can pour it out into others. Look what he says right there in the book of Colossians, Chapter 3. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, he says, Let the message about Christ in all its riches fill your lives. He says, Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. He said, Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. 
So he's saying, whatever you do, be a representative. Whatever you say, be a representative. So anything that comes out of your mouth, you're representing Christ. Everything that you do, you're representing Christ. So look back over your life. Have the things that you've been doing lately, have the things that we've been doing lately, have the things that others have been doing lately, are they bringing glory to God? Are they contributing or taking away? Because God wants us to contribute. God wants us to take a good look at our life and say, what's the center focal point of your life? What is that thing that drives you? What is that thing that's guiding you? What is that thing that's taking you? What is that thing that's building character in you? What is that thing that's making you a man or woman of God that people trust you and they go, man, that's a man of integrity. That's a man of his word. That lady, she delivers what she says she's going to do. She says she's going to pray for you. Man, she's a prayer warrior. She says she's going to cook for you. She brings a meal. She's a blessing. And we could go on and on. And what are you contributing? What are you pouring out? What are you giving? How are you giving of yourself? What are you doing to make a difference? What are you doing to impact someone's life? There's a sweet saint of our church. Her husband died just a couple of months ago. And she fell down recently and broke six ribs. And she just got out of rehab yesterday afternoon. They sent her home. She's still wounded. She's still hurting. She's moving slowly. She lives in the South Valley. So if any of you want to pay her a visit, any of you want to take her a meal, talk to me after service. You'd be a blessing. See, those are ways of contributing. Those are ways of helping out. Those are ways of doing something by changing a life just by giving a little gift. And the last thing, the question you want to ask yourself is what is the content of your life? What is that thing that is in your life that you carry that people know, oh my gosh, that guy, all he ever talks about is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That lady, all she ever talks about is the Lord Jesus Christ. They want to disciple people. They want to help people. They want to minister to people. They want to be able to help people that are broken and hurting. They want to educate people that are hungering and thirsting for the Lord. They want to, they want to, they want to. You're known by the content in your life. That thing that is within you that you are sharing with people that you have built yourself up in, that you have taken in the Word of God and you have taken it in and because you have it in you, it's pouring out of you. What is that content? What's the content? What's the thing that makes up your life? This is more than the center focal point of your life. Oh, he might be Jesus, but if you don't know anything about him, you're just saying Jesus, 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 but your life isn't saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This is the content. Those things that you have poured in, those things that you have taken in, those things that you have received, those things that you have wanted, those things that you have reached out and said, God, I need more and more of you. That content, that which is within you, that when you're poured out, it obviously shows who is important in your life and why you want to make him important in the lives of others. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says, the purpose 
of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. He says, I'm trying to instruct people. This is the very thing that burns in my heart, the Apostle Paul says. And he's writing it to Timothy, who is a young pastor, a brand new pastor. Theologians believe he was in his teens. He was maybe 18 or 19. And here he's being a pastor, and Paul says, listen to me, listen to me, Timothy. The purpose of my instruction has always been to bring people to the full knowledge of God so that they can have a pure heart, to know how to have a pure heart. We live in a wicked world. We live in a world that is, that is mean, that is cruel. Right now we live in a world that people are wanting to take and take and take and, and not give anything back. He says, I want you to have a pure heart, a heart that is, that is truly out to minister and impact lives, a heart that is going to transform homes, a heart that is going to transform cities, a heart that's going to make a difference. You're not going to give yourselves and give an open heart to wickedness and evil, but you're going to have a heart that's going to be pure, You're going to have a conscience that's going to be clear. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about remembering what I said because I say the truth. I don't have to remember a lie because I don't. See, he's saying, I want you to have this clear conscience that you're not trying not to scam people. You're not trying to hurt people. You're not trying to bring them down, but you're pouring yourself out to say, I want to help build up. I want to help transform. I want to help make a difference. And he's saying, are you there to have a clear clear conscience, to really be able to be clear-minded and to be able to pour yourself out and people to say, wow, thank you for sharing with me because I don't have to lie. I don't have to cheat. I don't have to steal. I have a clear conscience because God has given me a pure heart. And then he says, Genuine faith. Haven't you seen a lot of fakes nowadays? Oh my goodness gracious, it's horrible. With this mask thing that we had to go through, I say, man, there's a lot of people that have been walking around with a mask on before these masks came out. They're fakes. They put on a mask and act like they're someone else or something else. When you know what? God knows, and a lot of times people can discern exactly what kind of person they are. And you're going, man, you're nothing but a fraud. You're a crook. You're a liar. When are we going to have genuine faith? People that really believe the word, trust the word, put their faith in the word, and you know what? They're going to live lives that are going to impact, and they're going to trust God for the impossible. Have you ever thought about God and his covering and blessing over our congregation? We bought a piece of property and started this huge project a week before the pandemic hit. We didn't know the pandemic was coming, but God did. 
We didn't say, never mind. We said, we're forging forward. We're going to trust the Lord. We've put our trust and hope in the Lord. We believe God spoke. And you know what? God is taking care of our congregation. He always has, and he will continue to do so. I believe God's anointing is powerful. I believe that it's upon, upon me and all of us. I believe his anointing is upon New Beginnings Church, and that doesn't mean a denomination. It doesn't mean a building. The church is the people of God. Amen? And I believe he has been so good to us. But I believe that we're trying our very best to be genuine, to be real, to have a real faith. Not faking it through life, but living it for his glory. So my questions to you again tonight, to all of you watching online, those of you here in the sanctuary, what is the center driving point of your life? What is that thing that drives you that you have your whole focus on? What is the character of your life? The true character, the things that that make you who you are and are truly exemplified in the way that you live? What are those contributions you're making to your family, to the people around you, to this lost and dying city, and this world that is desperate for Jesus? And what is the content? What are the things that you talk about? What are the things that you pour yourself out to and into? What are those things that you say, God, thank you for what you've given me. Because that which you've given to me, I've been able to pour out into others. I really pray to God that every single one of us has made a decision to follow Jesus. I really pray to God that we have surrendered our all in all and said, I'm not going to hold back anymore. I'm going to get real with God. I'm not going to half-step anymore. I'm not going to play games anymore. I'm going to really be real. I'm going to take a look and say, God, let me see what really has become the center of my life. What is that thing that you think about all day long? What is that thing that you give yourself to all day long? What is that thing in your life that is shaping your character? Have you given your life to Christ to trust him in that? To trust him enough to make you a son or daughter of God? Like I said, I am who he says I am. I love that song. And he's saying that you are mine and I am yours. Let's start really living like it. So if you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus and you want to do that tonight, I pray that tonight would be your night to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Is there anyone here tonight that wants to make that decision? Just raise your hand and say, you know what? I've never done that before, but I want to do that. Well, then I want to pray for it. I want to pray that we truly be those men and women of God, that we really know the content of our life. We know what we've contributed. We know the character in the center. Would you completely give it over to him? 
Would you stand with us as we get ready to close? If you need something to pray about, if you just want to get right, if you haven't been living right, or there's something that you haven't surrendered fully to God, or you might just be overwhelmed by a burden of news that you received today, or you just might want to pray about something that you're struggling with, or maybe coming to pray for someone that you love and they're going through a very difficult time. But I just pray that we could find God's strength and love within us. For those of you at home, really seek that out. Say, what is the center of my life? What is that driving force of my character? What is that which I'm contributing? And what's the content that makes me who I am? Father, I pray guidance in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Would you just sing it out if you want prayer? Make your way up.
Jesus, give him praise, would you? Lord, you have given so much to us. Sometimes it's right in front of us and we don't see it. God, I pray today that we can put our complete focus and life in Jesus Christ. That you would be the center of our heart, the center of our body, mind, and soul. And that, Lord, you would change our character. That, Lord, we would reflect you in the decisions that we make. That, Lord, our contribution would be one that, Father, would impact lives. Give a clear conscience. Give a pure heart and genuine faith. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all you've done. Father, I pray that now, Lord God, the content of our life would be measured by your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you. Be with everyone that's at home or watching online from wherever they are. We pray blessing in the mighty name of Christ our Lord. And God's people said amen. amen. Hey, give someone a hug on the way out if you're into hugging and just bless their life. Amen. You're dismissed to go change Albuquerque.